Hey, good evening, top fan rivalry followers. It is Bill, and it is Thursday night. I need to preface this. This is Thursday night, and the game five is going on right now. Thursday night means that we do our weekly review that airs on Saturday with Jackson. Jackson, how are you doing, my good friend? I'm doing doing pretty good. Yeah, I need to preface this because we may say some stuff here that will be somewhat relevant or not relevant come Saturday, but unfortunately, we don't have Gray's Sports Almanac like Barney McFly had, so we can't tell you who's going to win tonight. But I, mean, I will make a, a very good, very good call. If this goes to seven games, Jackson, my prediction is the team that scores the most runs in game seven is going to win the World Series. Does that sound safe? That sounds safe. I mean, I, I'm not one to endorse gambling. I'm not endorsing gambling. Here's my disclaimer. But, you know, there was that guy who guessed that those four Philly players would hit a home run in the same World Series game, won like 100 grand. That guy is probably Biff 10. Well, there's that guy, too, in uh, in Houston, Mattress Mac or whatever his name is. That oh, he just has a lot of money, in- though. If Houston gets um, if Houston gets the World Series win, he wins seven million dollars. And he's so. gonna give out a bunch of mattresses. So everyone hit up mattress Mac yeah. after the World <laughs> the Astros job. win after the World Series, get yourself a nice mattress. Yeah, because he's gonna have some that are gonna be real cheap. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna do something a little different tonight. Normally we go through and, and we go back and forth on our on our weekly reviews and and talk about the the three things that stood out to us. But since we're coming near and dear to the end of the season, which the season will either end on Saturday or Sunday night, one or the other. It's going to end. Um, so Jackson and I thought we'd break down each game for you a little bit and give us, you know, give a 90 second analysis on both sides for each game. And so Jackson's going to take the odds. I'm going to take the evens. And so Jackson, why don't you start us out with what you saw in game one, that 10 inning game, just so much fun to watch. What did you see? What, what stuck out to you? I mean, I saw the Astros come out hot out of the gate. Um, they looked really good through the first five innings. You know, Kyle Tucker hitting two home runs. Kyle Tucker, probably the most underrated outfielder in the MLB. You know, when people list good outfielders, he's almost never on the list. But he, that guy can absolutely rake. He's old school. He's got the pine tar on the helmet, the, the no batting gloves. He rubs dirt on it. You know, swings the stick freely. He, he swings at everything. <laughs> good old-fashioned hitter. But, you know, credit to the Phillies for not – not buckling. They they did they did what they've done all post postseason. You know they they clawed back into the game. They tied the game up. You know five runs off of Justin Verlander, who was probably left in a little too long by Dusty Baker. Um, my suspicion is you know Dusty is kind of being a veteran manager. He he was probably aware that Verlander has zero World Series wins, and he was trying to get him that one World Series win. But you know, it's the World Series at the end of the day. You you need to win Game One instead of trying to get Verlander his personal achievements, I, I'm sure everyone would rather prefer a ring than Justin Verlander having a World Series win. So right. um, that's what I saw. Um, the Phillies got lucky using Ranger Suarez out of the bullpen. Uh, the mm-hmm. rain out that happened later really kind of bailed him out, lined him up to start game three <laughs> instead of game four. So, I mean, credit to the Phillies. Their bullpen pitched really well. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they stole game one in Houston, six to five in 10 innings. Uh, Nick Castellanos has turned into, you know, a gold glove right fielder, apparently, in the playoffs. He's made, like, four or five diving catches. So, he really saved the game for (laughs) the Phillies in the 10th inning, or the bottom of the ninth, actually. Was it the bottom of the ninth? No, it's top of the 10th that he hit the home. Oh, bottom of the ninth, yes. Yeah, the bottom of the ninth, yeah, when he made the catch. 
you know, after Altuve got on via the bloop single, you know, that, that ball drops Altuve scoring from second to two outs. So, right. You know, th- that's what I kind of saw in game one. I saw, you know, you saw that this was going to be a good series right off the bat. Right. Uh, Agreed. So it's the, the underdog Philly that the Rocky mentality against, you know, the Astros who've been here. Well, the Phillies are nicknamed fighting Phils anyways. Right. And so when the Astros come out and they score two in the second and three in the third, you kind of look at it and you say, okay, JB's kind of got it under control. Just Verlander's got it under control, but the Phillies came out in inning four and three, and then they scored two hats off to both teams bullpens that game. Cause both teams bullpens had it going on. In addition to that, if you ever want to teach anybody how to hit oppo, look look at JT Riamito's home run. Guy was not trying to do too much. He wasn't trying to hit it out of the yard. He just went with that pitch in the 10th, 10th inning and just drove it to right field. And he's so strong. So you see what happens, right? And I, and I mean, that was, that was a really good pitch. That was 98 on the black with movement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to put that loss. You know, some people probably put it on Luis Garcia for, you know, but Garcia probably made one of the best pitches he could have made a situation, you know, two strikes, competitive fastball just off the plate. And, and to be honest with you, nine times out of 10 players are going to try to pull that ball. And all they're going to do is chop it in the ground and ground out. Or they're going to swing right. They're through not it. doing anything with that pit, nothing. And JT Riamuto put on a clinic. The only thing I didn't like in that game was doctor, my bill. And for you Astro fans out there, you may hate me for saying this, but please don't. Please understand. Dusty Baker pinch hits for um, pinch hits Diaz. Okay, Diaz is hitting a buck, or he's hitting point seventy one at this point. He's now hitting like point fifty, but he's hit hitting point seventy one at this point, right? He tries to lean into a pitch that misses him. That was a strike. The very next pitch he tries to lean into sticks his elbow over the plate and gets hit. The umpire goes, no, 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 you stay here. You stay here. Well, Dusty called upstairs or his guy called upstairs and they said, no, he, he leaned into it. If I'm Breckman, if I'm Altuve, if I'm Michael Prantley Jr., if I'm any of those guys who are on the 17 team, you know what I would do? I would grab that kid by the back of his jersey and throw him into his locker, not gently touch him, throw him into his locker and say, you want to get rid of this whole we cheated scandal? Stop acting like an idiot. Do not lean into pitches. If that's all that you can think to do is lean into pitches, wait until the regular season. Whoever you're playing for in the regular season, then do go do that. But you don't do yeah. that here. Yeah, I, I mean, and that was, a, that was a big moment. He kind of just, he looked like he'd given up the at-bat by leaning into the pitch. You know, the, the next, next pitch, he swings at a really bad pitch, and then he grounds out on a ball four he swung at ball four twice exactly and what's the worst part about the whole thing is the astros need to play play the quickest or the squeakiest of clean games they weren't doing that that game with him leaning into that pitch you saw how much it took out of altuve in the bronx when they were when fifty thousand people are booing him and they're calling him out for being terrible and everything like that you saw him in the dugout. It was tough to watch, right? But he figured it out. 
So game two, Astros bounce back, right? They do what they have to do. They cannot go back to to Philadelphia um, down uh, two games to nothing, right? And Jackson, correct me if I'm wrong, Jackson, but you've been a Citizens Bank Park, right? I have. Okay, so so you've been to Citizens Bank Park. You you know what it's like. It is fighting Phil's territory all over the place there. Yeah, I mean, I went to – it was a May game. It was, we went during the May 28th through 30th series. So it was a Tuesday night. <laughs> we went on the 28th. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, there was probably – it's three-quarters of the way full on a Tuesday night, 7 o'clock game, play the Braves. Phillies fans, pretty full night. It wasn't, it was an event night, but like still like to have the stadium three quarters of the way full and it was pretty loud. Uh, The last couple of games I'd been to, I'd been, you know, with COVID and how crazy everything was. I think the last game I'd been to in person was I went to a game with Anastasia. We went to a San Francisco Giants, San Diego Padres game at Petco. You know, that, that was well attended because the Giants do travel well. That was in 2019. But even so, like Philly was like ten times louder yeah. than that yeah. stadium ever got at all times. You know, every time there was a close play, a close pitch, you know, the crowd was letting the umpires <laughs> hear it. It is not a fun place to play. And I it was really key that the Astros took game two. Um, right. you know, behind Framber Valdez, who is absolutely ridiculous. One of the best lefties in the MLB. The Astros uh, scouting department deserves a raise for all these pitchers. They, they have like a seven man rotation, like five of them are homegrown. Right. So they need, they need a raise. Cause I don't know where they find these guys, but they, they're just going to keep doing it. Yep. Amen to that. Well, and the Astros came out and scored three runs in the first inning too. They were, they were ticked. They were like, Hey, we're, I don't know what you're doing, but we're doing this and we're going to make this happen. And so they did great. Right. They did phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so game, so you got game two, you got game one there. Talk to me about game three. I mean, game three, uh, what can you say other than uh, McCullers are throwing meatballs up there? You know, that pitch you threw to Bryce Harper was, you know, center cut, you know, hanging curveball. You, you can't be doing that to an MVP, an MVP winner, especially a guy like Bryce Harper, who's been as hot as he, he had that ball a mile. And, you know, and he immediately called, said something to Alec Bohm in the on-deck circle. And what does Alec Bohm do when he comes up to the plate? Swings mm-hmm. first pitch, <laughs> hits it out of there. So red. I, th- there was a lot of a lot of this, this discussion on Twitter whether and showing a lot of different angles on how he might have been tipping his pitches, this or that. Bottom line is, you know, the Astros offense didn't show up. Yeah, you no, know, the Astros could, offense did not show up. You, you can rip into McCullers for giving up five home runs all you want. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Astros got shut out. And – you know, I thought that was a really positive comments by them. It's experienced, you know, it's experienced team for them to say, you know, then say, Oh, we didn't pitch. Well, it was, Oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't score. So we can't win. If we can't score, doesn't matter how many home runs they hit, even though the Phillies did tie a world series record. So congratulations to them. It's hard to hit five home runs in the game, but five home runs in the world series is it's something else, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it is something special when you see that stuff. And I, you know, the Phillies came out to play. They were – they came out to play, and they weren't going to mess around. I mean, they were – I want to say they were pretty ticked off at the start of things anyways um, because they had some opportunities to fight back in game two, and they didn't. 
game three, they just came out and just said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to show you who's boss. Welcome to Philadelphia. Forget your barbecue. Let's get your uh, freaking uh, Philly cheesesteak. And we'll, we're, we're going to show you how it's going to roll. We're rolling big time. So they look good. You can't say much about that. And, and shutting out the Astros team, by the way, is a huge feat because these guys have hitters on their team. So to get them to shut out, eh, okay. I mean, yeah. And uh, I mentioned Ranger Suarez coming out of the bullpen in game one to give, you know, some soft, get key outs. You know, and he, he popped up again in, in game three because of, the, uh, you know, the rain let them shuffle stuff around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was good. He had a good start. Ranger Suarez is a really solid pitcher. He he won't overpower you. He's just got good stuff, and he knows how to locate. So he's he's your classic old school. You know, hits the black. He pitches north to south and east to west, really well. And you know, and then it doesn't really matter how hard you throw at that point because he can get you out with any of his pitches. So hats off to Ranger Suarez. You know, for five scoreless innings, we'll probably see him again in this series. I think he's slated to pitch Game Seven if there is a Game Seven. Because Cindergaard's starting tonight in kind of like a bullpen game, and then they have Wheeler going to, on Game Six on Saturday. Saturday, and then yeah. and then if necessary, they'll have Suarez pitching Game Seven. So I mean, if you're the Phillies, you got to feel pretty good, even though you know the Astros do have that slight edge. You you still feel pretty good with your chances with Wheeler and Suarez on the mound, you know, Game Six and Seven. If the Phillies win it, and and we see Ranger one or two more times, he may be the MVP of the. I mean, he looks good. He yeah. looks good. Can't complain there. All right, I'm going to tackle game four. History books, ladies and gentlemen. Don Larson throws a perfect game. Astros have a combined no-hitter. Now, I know that there's been three no-hitters in postseason, but we're only talking about the World Series. We're talking about Don Larson. We're talking about um, the Astros combined no-hitter. The Astros last night, looked good on the hill early um and javier this dude this boy is good he is really really good and he commands well he he throws the curve well he does well and the astros were back up against the wall and i the phillies may have looked a little soft last night i'm i'm not saying that they did but they may have had one too many cheesesteaks and were a little soft what were your thoughts on the first on the Astros pitching, but on the Phillies um, offense as well. Or I mean, I think it was a combination of, you know, the Phillies weakness. You know, they're a patiently aggressive team. Their problem is they like to swing early in the count. And I think mm -hmm. Javier took big advantage of that. He got them, got ahead off early, got ahead often, and he was able to rack up the strikeouts because of that. You mm -hmm. know, when you're striking out a team that doesn't strike out a lot, you know, guys start to press a little bit because they go, you know, he's got his best stuff. You know, and they, it's kind of sits in the back of your mind. You know, the off-speed stuff, the breaking stuff is really good. He's got that nasty two-seam fastball. You know, and he, he got six no-hit innings. And with how the Astros' bullpen is with a five-run lead, you know, you saw they went straight to Abreu, who struck out the side. That kid's <laughs> then, good, too. Yeah, Abreu, Abreu's lights out. And then they went to Rafael Montero, who's another pitcher where you're like, man, where, where do you find these guys? Because both those guys throw 98 to 100 nasty sliders and then you know they go to uh i had their closer's name in my head uh what's his face presley yeah presley who's 
been one of the best relievers in the last couple of years in baseball. Again, yeah. another guy who's just got an absolutely nasty slider. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was a big win for the Astros, you know. There was all that talk coming in, you know, will the Phillies go undefeated at home in the postseason? You know, will the Phillies close it out in Philadelphia? And I'm sure the Astros were sick of hearing that. It, it was a big game for them to come out, you know, and kind of make a statement. It takes kind of the pressure off. And I think, you know, that five-run inning they had against Aaron Nola for how good Aaron Nola is and Jose Alvarado, who's been like like superhuman this postseason, it was a big boost to the Astros because they knew, hey, you know what, we, we got to two of their best pitchers. And it kind of just took the life out of the stadium. And from, from there, the pitching took over. So that's kind of what I saw. And, you know, the, the Phillies' best chance of the hit was that Gene Segura line drive. I saw I, – I read an advanced metric on it. The expected batting average on the, a ball hit that hard in that part of the field is 908. Yep. yep. Hit, it right at the right, hit it right at the right fielder. So. Oh. And I think the key to that game, I think there was two plays in that game that defined that entire game. Besides for the no-hitter, okay? Um, I, I'll, I'll agree with you that the no-hitter is – I mean, it's historic. I'm not even going to mess with it, right? Two keys to the game. One, Alvarez comes in on the very first pitch. He goes high and tight and hits, um, hits Tucker, right? Uh, now, yeah, Alvarado hit Jordan Alvarez with the first pitch, yeah. Oh, Jordan Alvarez, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so your best-case scenario, let's say because Jordan Alvarez doesn't hit the curveball that well sometimes, and he's kind of struggling at the plate a little bit. So best-case scenario, you strike out Alvarez. Or, uh, and then your next – or. Uh, uh, and then your next batter grabs into a double play. You're out of it, right? But you tried to be too fine. They scored, right? The very best, like the two things that I could say changed that game was one, that hit by batter, hit by pitch, and two, Alex Breckman going right field, taking it, taking the outside pitch to the outside and going to the right field. I mean, that two-run RBI right there, that kind of sealed the fate, right? I mean – and, and Bregman, you mentioned Real Muto putting on a clinic on how to hit to the opposite field. Bregman's kind of the same way. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right, right-handed hitter has has the twenty to twenty-five home run pop, but you know both guys are capable of driving in one hundred twenty runs. And you sit there and you look at them, you go, "How do they drive in one hundred twenty runs?" It's doing stuff like that. It they just hit, they flat out rake. <laughs> you know, yeah. when when your when your power is doubles power, if you have a runner on first, you know it's free RBI. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. You're, you're not joking. And this is this is insane. This stuff right here is just crazy. When you're watching these batters and and you're a Braves fan, I'm a Dodger fan. I mean, if we went homers and we talked about our own teams, we could talk about two or three guys for each team that can't go opposite field because they try to pull everything. Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, guys like that. But Breckman just put on a clinic and so did JT Ramuto. But I thought the Breckman double and I thought Alvarez getting hit were the keys to that game outside of the the no hitter because it's really hard in the postseason. It's really hard to come down, come back from a three nothing deficit. I Even mean, though we're seeing it, it's still hard to do. Yeah, and and like I said, the fact that it was a five run inning kind of took the crowd out of it, and I think that just it just helped Javier, you know, reaffirm to himself, you know, I got this. I'm in control. You know, it takes all the weight. You know, you're pitching in the World Series on the road. It's a tight game. And all of a sudden, you're spotted five runs. All of a sudden, you can go, hey, I can just pitch all these batters however I want because who cares about the solo home run? They might hit a solo home run or two. 
but you know, we got five runs. If I give up two home runs, we're probably going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, okay, Jackson, we are smack dab. As I look right now, it's two outs in the bottom of the second inning. It's tied one to one Houston, Philadelphia. Okay. Game five. Predict for me what you think game five is going to look like. How far is the series going to go and predict for me your winner? Cause by the time we do this next Thursday, we're going to know who the World Series champion is. All right. I'm already an unpopular person here in Pennsylvania being a Braves fan. But I think the Astros are going to win the World Series. I don't think it's going to be easy for them. I think this this feels like a series that's going to go seven just because of how it's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia won the game tonight and then the Astros won game six and then game seven, you know, or the other way around. I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies won the World Series by, you know, them alternating games. It Baseball is a weird sport. You know, there's the highs, the the five home run game in the World Series, and then getting no hit the next game, right? Is the low. So I mean, they're two very good teams, and you know, it it's funny. Someone was talking to me about how it feels like the Phillies are a bunch of, you know, everyone puts them as the underdogs. It, they're really just a bunch of plucky mercenaries, a bunch of guys they've traded for, and kind of thrown money at to piece this team together against you know the homegrown talent but everyone likes the plucky mercenaries because it seems like a band of misfits. So well, I, I will say this. I'm in Orange <laughs> County. You grew up in Orange County, California, not Florida. Um, I will tell you there's two angels that are starting tonight. Yeah. In the World Series. And that's Brandon Duck Dynasty Marsh and Noah Syndergaard. Right? Yeah. And so the angels do have representation in the outfield. It's not Mike Trout, but they do have representation in the outfield. <laughs> so yeah but i mean that's that's my prediction astros and seven i mean but that's like the slightest it's like a 51 49 like as close to a 50 50 coin toss as you can get so i'm i have a little bit different prediction i think the phillies will win tonight i think the astros will win on saturday just coming back home and fighting through it game seven though you have home field advantage at that point that also home field advantage can be a curse because you might be trying too hard for the hometown crowd and that type of thing. If for some reason uh, we do get to a game seven, I think it's advantage Philly. And I think uh, Suarez looks good. I think you're advantage Philly, but remember um, Houston's got to get past. If Houston loses tonight, they've got to get past Wheeler. Um, But both teams have showed me, and for those of you listening, and for those of you that are listening to this, both teams have showed me a that they deserve to be here, and b that they're playing well. Ultimately, you're talking about the most consistent team in the playoffs, meaning the Astros, against the hottest team in the playoffs, which is the Phillies. And I, I'm sorry to say that as a Braves fan, but I mean, look at Philly went through the Cardinals, they went through the World Champion Braves. Right, they went through the Padres like the Padres were nothing. Pretty good team, pretty hot, right? Yeah. So you got to give them a little love. You got to give them a little love on that. JV's just pushed himself kind of into a corner now. First and second, two outs with a Carl Schwarber up. So, um, okay, some fun top fan news. First of all, Jackson, if we're gonna buy merchandise, what what do we pay full price for merchandise these days? Don't the code Jackson. I don't think we've ever deactivated code Jackson. Just keep using it. We have not. And it will not be deactivated. 
yeah, I mean, ho- ho- holidays coming up. Want to get some sweet top fan rivalry gear? Go mm-hmm. for it. Now, if you're really, really nice to Jackson, if you're really, really nice to Jackson, he goes by top fan stats guy on Instagram. I am him and say, Jackson, I hear you're going to have a locker room, um, a locker room deal. What's the code for that? And I'm not going to give it to you here, but Jackson will give it to you. That won't get you a 20, that won't get you a 10% off. That'll get you a 25% off for the locker room access. And it guarantees you that every year when it renews, it'll never go higher than $36 a year. So three bucks a month basically gets you access to all the baseball news that you're going to want to get in the off season, during the season, everything. Jackson, that's not a bad deal, right? Uh, It's not bad at all. I mean, we have a lot of stuff that we, we kind of have been brewing around what we're going to talk about in the off season. So don't worry. The world series isn't going to end. It's not going to turn into football season. (laughs) Yes, or I, hockey season or, or basketball season, season or oh, whatever. Heav- heavens, no, definitely not basketball season. It might turn into World Cup season for like three weeks because it's the it, World uh, Cup. Okay, oh, fair enough. Because it's fair the World enough. Cup. Fair I, enough. I do enjoy me some World Cup soccer, but I, I'll still be talking about baseball during the World Cup. Don't you guys worry. There, there you go. I don't and then also to uh, top fan rivalry followers, I can announce this because I just announced it on Twitter. If you have locker room access, go in there and check out every – Every 10, 15 days or so, we are going to pick five baseball cards that we call featured cards. We're going to give you discounts on them. So we're not going to sell them for full price. We're going to give you a discount on them. Um, and they're significant discounts, too. They're not anything cheap. I showed Jackson it before we started. On the merchandise store, you can use code Jackson. You can get yourself 10% off baseball cards, too. Um, and there's some baseball cards in there that are pretty phenomenal to go after. So if you want to go after these baseball cards, if you're a collector, or if you have a favorite player, I am Jackson or I am the top fan and say, hey, do you have this card? If we have it in stock, we'll give it to you. Just pay full price. Just use code Jackson. It'll be fine. So how's that for announcements? I mean, that's pretty good. Can we get much better than that? No, I don't think we can. So top fan rivalry followers. I look forward to Thursday nights because I look forward to being with my friend Jackson new kid in the house and he's still here talking baseball i love it i love the way that he thinks i love the mindset for how he analyzes games and trust me when we have some of these off um off-season statistics that he's going to throw at you a lot of this stuff is jackson just don't think that it's me i'm the guy that has the the uh, face for radio jackson's the guy that has the looks and the brains and he got everything i got everything that was left over I'm Danny DeVito. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jackson, anything you want to say as we wrap up? Uh, You know, just we're happy that you guys listen in. Enjoy the World Series, whoever wins. Um, You know, but I just thought of an interesting fact. If the Phillies do win it in Houston, it'll be the third straight full season that uh, an NL East team has celebrated the World Series win in Houston. That's right. Washington. Uh, the Braves and then possibly the Phillies. Yeah, Good so, stat uh, call. See, that's why we call him the top fan rivalry stats guy, or top fan uh, stats guy. That's why we love him right there. So good stuff, Jackson. Well, hey, thanks for being on tonight. And uh, let's go get him. Let's watch some World Series and see where we get. Yeah. All right, my friend. Talk to you later. Talk to you later.